Now, I have the very distinct honor to introduce to you my friend, Ituha Cloud, who is an incredible man of the Lord. You can come on up here and get yourself situated. But this is a guy that I met, how long ago did we meet? Oh, Five, man. six years ago? I would say six. Yeah. Six years ago we met, and we are, couldn't be more different than any two people on the face <laughs> of this earth. But we have been united because he is my brother in the faith. What God has done in my heart is just as miraculous as what God has done in his heart. Amen. And he has an incredible word to share with you guys today. And let me tell you, one of the things I love about Ituha is this is the proof of the power of the gospel. Mm. God has the ability to do incredible things in absolutely every heart. So Ituha, mm. thank you for being here. And everybody, would you give him a warm welcome? Thank you. Love you, bro. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Real quick, uh, if you're a mom, can you please stand? If you're a mother, could you please stand up? And can we give them a big, big round of applause? <laughs> okay, you see this. Now, uh, right off the bat, I'm going to apologize. I do not have a Mother's Day message prepared. <laughs> However, the subject that I'm going to be covering, a lot of mothers practice daily, and it's mercy. I'm going to be talking about the subject of mercy. I think when we step back and we take an honest assessment of ourselves, we evaluate who we are, we recognize that we dropped the ball. We recognize, if we're truly honest with ourselves, the need for mercy in our own lives. And I think um, at times it is often hard to identify in the everyday, day in, day out, busy world we live in. Today we're gonna to go ahead and we're gonna look through the lens, three different viewpoints. One, the world, how it views mercy. The enemy. And finally, God himself. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but built into our constitution is a law. It's called the pardon power. Has anybody ever heard of the pardon power? Raise your hand. Okay, a couple people. I won't bore you with all the legal jargon of this particular law, but it's a very important one. This law exists and it gives the President of the United States the authority to wipe out or completely erase the legal effects of a conviction. One of the purposes for this law is to temper justice with mercy in appropriate cases. So let's put it this way. If you today were currently on death row and you were waiting to be injected, at that point, it really wouldn't matter what political party you belong to, whether you were Democratic or Republican. All you would know is, I hope President Obama knows my name. <laughs> Not only would you hope that he knew your name, but you would hope that he would call your name so that you could receive this pardon. So as cool as this law that's in place, it's limited. It can only be exercised or given to a select few. And then you have a pool of other people who need mercy who can't receive it. I remember when I was young, unfortunately I was dumb. <laughs> I made some really silly decisions and I remember I was 12 years old and very rebellious and me and my mother wasn't getting along. God bless you, Ma. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, we weren't getting along, we weren't seeing eye to eye, and I said, well, you know what? I'm out of here then. Twelve years old. Yeah, I'm gone. And so 
I run away from home, and then midnight's hit, and I'm hungry, and I'm like, what did I do? I don't have a job, but I'm out here, and as you're out on the streets in New York City in the Bronx, I came across some other young kids who were just kind of out, and uh, I was like, what you guys up to? They said, man, we're going to steal a car. Okay, I don't know how to drive, I don't, never stole a car, but feels like something to do, let's go. So I went with these young men, and we call it joyriding. And uh, we didn't make it far. We got the car, we drove a couple of blocks, whoop, whoop, pull us over. And I was looking back, and I said, why did they find out, you know, we stole this car? And it's because we were like this high, and our little bobby heads, and it was like, these are not adults. <laughs> but anyway, so we got caught. I went from the judge, and I remember he was very stern. And he looked me in the eye, and he gave me this warning. He said, now listen, young man, don't you do this again. He showed me mercy. He gave me a break. I completely took it for granted. Went back out and would do a series of crimes until at the age of 16, it seemed like mercy ran out. Now it was time to do some time. And I remember sensing to myself like, wow, is, has my mercy card ran out? It felt like I was beyond ever getting back to a place called mercy. I apologize for my 52-inch apple. <laughs> we have <laughs> rabbit trail. We got computers on our phone, uh, on our watches now, and I got this big old flat screen here. But nonetheless, as I'm going through life and I'm having these struggles growing up and I'm struggling with this mercy thing, I was completely unaware that I had an enemy of my soul. That there was literally an adversary who's working against me. The scriptures best describe them in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says it this way. It says, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Completely unaware that this enemy I'm talking about has no remorse, and he has no mercy for you and I. Doesn't matter your age, your race, he wants to destroy you and everything that represents life and everything that represents joy. I don't know if you're familiar, I grew up watching National Geographics. You familiar with those scenes with the animals in the wild? I remember this one scene where it's this lion, and he's hiding out. He's crouched down. And there's this poor, young, little wildebeest just going about his day. And as the narrator's talking, he's saying, well, this young wildebeest has lost its family by himself. He's vulnerable. And this lion is very patient, and he's just waiting, and he's just moving, real stealth-like, watching waiting for the opportune time to pounce. And unfortunately, this is exactly what happens. I remember I just traumatized. My son Logan's in the house. I remember a way of trying to bond with him when he was younger and thought, this is a good idea. Let's watch National Geographics. So we're literally watching it, and he's into it. And there's a scene where it's a gazelle running, and the lion's coming, and I just hear, no, you get, get away, get away. And he doesn't get away. 
And the lion gets him, and my son's crying. I felt like the worst dad in the world. I said, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I traumatized this kid. Sometimes when issues arise or stress or struggles, we feel overwhelmed. We feel defeated. But the truth is that this lion that I'm referencing, this devil is limited in power. We have a God who is all-powerful. And so what happens is when you declare in your life, the blood of Jesus, and you stream the name of Jesus, the scriptures tell me that the devil and his peoples tremble. They tremble. They flee. See, he don't want you to know that, that you have authority in Jesus' name. And so what once, it, it, the table's turned in, because now once this lion who was ferocious and was hunting now becomes the hunted. Tucks his tail and he's gone. He can't stay in the presence of the Lord. So as far as this devil I'm referring to and his comrades, these demons, they are sentenced. The scriptures tell us we have the victory. They're sentenced and they are the only people that will be shown no mercy. They're done. But how does mercy relate to you and I today? How are we impacted? Let's take a moment and read the scriptures and see what it says. Lamentations, if you have your Bible, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. <clears throat> there it says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. That's worth reading again. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. There's no limit. It doesn't run out. And God's mercies are being shown to us. His mercies, they never cease. I'm grateful for that. A great example of God's mercy being shown in the life is the life of David. David was a man who, who had a soft heart, but a hard head. I can relate to David. <laughs> Soft heart, but a hard head. If you go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 24. Second Samuel chapter 24, we're going to begin at verse 10. This is a moment in which David leads upon his own understanding. But after he had taken the census, David conscience began to bother him. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking the census. Please forgive my guilt, Lord, for doing this is a foolish thing. The next morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, who was David's seer. And this was the message. Go and say to David, this is what the Lord has says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments. I will inflict it on you. So Gad came to David and asked him, will you choose three years of famine? Will you choose three months fleeing from your enemies or three days of severe plague throughout your land? Think this over and decide what your answer and I shall give it to the Lord who sent me. Listen to David's response. 
I'm in a desperate situation. David replied to Gad, but let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into human hands. What happened was, so you have David, who's king, over Israel, God's chosen people, right? And over this King David is God. And the king is supposed to reflect the heart of the father. So in a moment of, I don't know, doubt or maybe fear, as opposed to just relying on God to provide the victory, he takes it upon himself to count every head in his army trying to get a census of how many soldiers do I have? It was a disrespectful step towards God because it's saying, well, who are you looking to your victory for? In your strength or mine? And so here it is, even in correction, even in discipline, David knew through a relationship with God that his mercy his mercies are new every morning. He knew that if I am to surrender under God's will, that ultimately God is for me. And he is not out to destroy me, but to restore me. See, David understood that in his walk. As believers, we too have been given this gift of mercy that our Heavenly Father has extended to us. It's only right that we extend that to others. Can I get an amen? amen? Anything God has given you, he's required you to practice and show. If not, then who do we look like? Like the world? What happens when someone comes to the Lord? We celebrate them, right? They come to the Lord, they get saved. We're like, yes, he's a part of the family. She's new creation. But what happens if that same individual slips and falls? Do we, do we look at them and from a point of judgment? Or do we show mercy? And in extending that mercy, we give correction and love. Is our goal to restore? Are you showing the mercy that you've been shown? You know, to be completely transparent, I was, I was saddened. I was saddened with the recent events surrounding Freddie Gray. I won't get into the details. But was, what was more alarming to me was as I scrolled through Facebook, because I have friends who are believers and non-believers, I would see these very insensitive comments scrolling down the wall in regards to the death of this young man. Where people were caught up in, in the details of right or wrong, they were missing the point. There's a young man that's dead. There's a, there's a Miss Gray today on Mother's Day without her son who needs mercy. And compassion. On the other side of the scale, there are cops who are doing their duty, sworn duty, to protect and serve. They didn't wake up deciding they were going to kill someone that day. 
But as they did their job, unfortunately, things ended up where someone was dead. You think these cops don't have feelings? You think these cops don't have families? You think these cops don't need mercy and compassion shown to them? I encourage us. These things are happening in the world. They're real issues. But what lens are we looking through? Are we allowing the media to shape the way we feel about these things? Or are we looking through the lens of God's truth? Are we looking through the lens of compassion and mercy? That's the only thing that would rebuild, that will restore, that will last, is mercy shown. I'll end with this. The good news is mercy's here. It's here today. It's here because of an unselfish God. It's here because of a glorious, brave king who said, I will step down from this throne and I will meet them where they're at. And when I go to the cross on the other side will be no lack. I didn't want to have to go there, Brown, but I got to go there, Brown. Can I go there, Brown? Sure. Pastor Brown, can I go there? Sure. <laughs> I'm a rapper with a rap sheet, but God wrapped it up. Come on. Come on. Used to hustle on the back street, but God snatched me up. Come on. When I was stuck in my sickness, he didn't ju point or judge. He embraced me with tender mercies and lavished me with love. See, I have a rap sheet, but my Lord doesn't look at me through the rap sheet. He looks at me through the blood of Christ, and he declares that I am clean. I am brand new. I am white as snow. Grateful for the mercies of the Lord. Today, if you are here and you're hearing my voice, know that this invitation to know this king, to have a relationship with God, is extended to you. If you will mind, bow your heads, please. I just want to take this time out to remind you that you have not gone beyond the point of redemption. You have not gone beyond what God can't redeem. First Peter, let's bring this scripture. First Peter, Chapter 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God. Keep your head down. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. And because of God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. If you're in this room and you want to receive Jesus as Lord, I'm going to say a prayer. If you want to receive mercies, and you want a brand new start, today is the day. We'll mark it down on the calendar on Mother's Day. We'll celebrate. You met a heavenly father who changed it all around. So I'm going to count to three. And if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to see your hand up. And I'll say a prayer with you. One, two, three. Put your hand high, please. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Okay, all those with your hands up, you can put them down. And all together, everyone in this room, we're going to repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you have done on the cross. I believe that you died for my sins. That you were buried for three days. And on the third day, you rose to victory. I now choose to follow you. Where you go, I go. And I'm thankful for my new family in Christ. If we're all in agreement with this prayer. Let me hear you say amen. Amen. Thanks for having me. God bless you guys. Be an extension of God's grace and mercy to others. It'll make a world of a difference. I know it made a world of a difference in mine.